Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today's uh, podcast is from February 28th. This is a little bit different than our typical service as we have a, a few different people kind of speaking on different aspects of what's been going on uh, North Shore Vineyard. Uh, I will give, be giving a recap on the service projects, the money that we have uh, sent to organizations working in the community and around the world in the last six months. And then Brian Murray is giving an update on the church finances, our biannual update on that. And then we finally, we have a uh, Shane Blau, one of our members who is moving away, who wanted to give us some parting words of his experience at the church. So let's go to the talk, North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Today's going to be uh, a little bit different than normal. We've actually got, I'm taking the morning off, and we've got two people speaking today. Uh, we're, we're trying to get in the rhythm of a couple of times a year to do a financial update. So Brian Murray will come up here to kind of update you on where our church stands financially, uh, the things that we're doing financially, and what's coming in. And then I'm going to have Shane Blau come up here. Shane is going to be moving, him, him and his wife Sarah, and their two kids are going to be moving up to Colorado very shortly to uh, start a whole new chapter in their life. And Shane just wanted to share just uh, so, some uh, things with the church, some parting words before he left. So before we get into that, though, I, we're going to show a little video here I put together um, Brian will touch on a few of the things that we've been doing over the last six months, but just a little recap, what this little church has done in the last six months is is pretty cool. Uh, We collected close to two tons of food for the Covington Food Bank back in August. We uh, collected 85 Operation Christmas Child boxes to send Christmas presents to kids around the world. Uh, We collected $2,000 for for, for shoes for kids in Honduras, I think that worked out to about 85 pairs of shoes for kids. And, and this is not just random kids in Honduras. Uh, Laurie Mathern served as a missionary down there for several years. So this is the milk project that she worked with. So got shoes for these kids so they can go to school. Uh, we raised close to $1,500 in change, our Change for Change outreach, which I talked with the Boys and Girls Club Uh, They've had a few different leader changes, and so the new guy's been there for two weeks, and I met with him, and I said, hey, we want to help you out. Do we need to give you a check, or is there another way we can help? Uh, He said, "Uh, talk to my boss. I talked to his boss. He said, could you buy snacks for the kids? I said, sure. I found out the boss guy had been paying for the snacks for the kids himself every week. So we've got close to $1,500 to, to buy kids snacks for that program. Every kid gets a snack every day when they get home from school. Some of these kids are coming from very poor families, so that snack, it, it's, it, it really is a big deal. Um, so we were able to do that. Um, also, we, we uh, have, have distributed close to 100 coats that were given to us, donated to us, $6,000 worth of brand new, high-quality coats. We've given them 
to a ministry that works with kids who are timing out of the foster system that need clothes, need stuff like that. We were giving those away like crazy. We gave, uh, did a homeless outreach where we gave them away on the South Shore as well. And now we, we've, we've also done some stuff with, the, uh, with people here on the North Shore that just, like old people who don't have heaters in their trailers, need coats. So we've been able to do a lot of that as well. And then finally, on our Sunday, a service that we did a few weeks ago where we didn't have our regularly scheduled service. We just went and served on community service projects. You're going to see a few pictures of these. I only had a few pictures of things to put up there, but uh, some of the guys in this church actually got together, Derek and and, uh, uh, Al and Mitchell. What's that? Mike Savage. Barry. Clint, were you out there? Clint. uh, and Oh, yes, and a little helper over there. Matthew, <laughs> I showed up to, to bring pizza, uh, but they, they did, we, we got referred a job uh, building a handicap ramp for a couple that had to move out of their, an elderly couple had to move out of their trailer because it had toxic mold. They moved into this little bitty trailer next door, but the, the, the wife has serious medical conditions, couldn't get out of the home because she needed a ramp. So what I thought was just going to be a handicap ramp ended up turning into a, a handicap ramp, a deck that was covered with a, a roof and they, they, they got part of the work done on that Saturday and then spent from eight in the morning until six or seven at night finishing it up. And, and the lady came out, she was just sobbing how, how much it meant to her. So those guys in this church that did this and, uh, not to mention, we had a couple of other projects with Volunteers for America where we helped, uh, elderly shut-ins with their, with their yard work, did some stuff at Covington Elementary, uh, and then also the one outreach that we had to cancel with Covington, uh, with Pineview Middle School here in downtown Covington, probably one of the poorest schools on, on, in St. Tammany Parish. Uh, they had to cancel the outreach because the janitor couldn't, couldn't get there. He, was, he had some family emergency come up. But I have since then met with uh, one of the teachers, and they are so thrilled that we want to do some stuff with their school. Uh, and it looks like, I've been talking for years about getting a Kids Hope program going on in a school. They look like... It's the first, I, I don't know what it is with these schools on the North Shore. Nobody needs anything. I've tried. Uh, we, we tried approaching Covington City Government. Can we help out in any projects? Everybody's self-sufficient over here, but this school is like, nobody's even asked. So they're, they're like, we're, they're so happy. So even, even the outreach that fell through, it looks like we've got continued opportunities to actually make a real difference in the life of, of some kids here on the North Shore. So All that to say, we're going to roll a video, and then I'm going to get Brian Murray up here, and he's going to give a financial update. Uh, Good morning. My name is Brian Murray, uh, and I've been uh, part of North Shore Vineyard since about year two with my family. And about a year ago, Crispin and I talked, and, uh, you know, we knew the church wasn't doing real well. There were a little bit of, like, we were a little underfunded. And I said, somebody should really explain to the church exactly where we stand. And he said, that's great. When do you want to do it? Um, and so now this is our second version, and, and we're at a year in. We did a six-month uh, talk, and now we're going to do an end-of-year financials for 2015. Um, so I'll go through that in about five minutes, and then we'll turn it over to Shane. So basically, just to recap what we talked about in June, July, uh, originally when the church started, the Kinner Vineyard, if you look at the very top, the Kinner Vineyard gave us uh, additional funds to get us started um, until mid-2012. So, and then from there, uh, they started weaning us off of the assistance. It was $2,000 worth of assistance year one. Then it was 
$1,000 worth of assistance for six months, and then it was $500 worth of assistance for the last six months. So they funded us for two years there. And then from there, we were fortunate enough to have another church, city church, rent one of our buildings for their service. So as the Kenner Vineyard monies started to, to wean off, then we got the assistance of city church to allow us to, to keep going because we were still a little bit underfunded as a church ourselves. Then come January 1st, 2013, we were self-sufficient, and we stayed self-sufficient from then through now. Okay, next slide. So now we'll talk just a little bit about the mid-year recap. This is where we were. So these were our numbers for our income breakdown. We'll talk about Sunday service, online giving, benevolence, any other income, which would be um, any of the the dinners that we do where people pay to attend or the relate course where you pay an entrance fee for your books and things like that, those are considered the other incomes. So at six months, we were looking at a total income of $91,000 had been taken in for the first six months, and that roughly was about $15,300 in every month on average for six months. Now we look at the next sheet, which are our expenses, and we'll compare that 15300 to what we actually used each month and, and through the year. So our operational breakdown was 65.7 in operating costs through the first six months. Uh, 3% of what we get in income goes to the National Vineyard. And then all of the other ministries you see listed below, just to give a, a short recap of, $97,700 was our expenses for six months, and that on average was sixteen three. So what was the first number we said on the last slide? fifteen three. So we brought in fifteen three a month, and we spent sixteen three a month. So that doesn't really add up. So if we look at the next slide, this is where we were at the end of six months. We were basically down on average $1,000 each month, and we have cash in a bank account that helps to cover when you don't make ends meet, uh, and our cash balance at six months was down to $25,000. We had a little bit over 30 when we started the year, and each month we ate into that savings by $1,000 a month through the six-month period. So that's where we were at six months. We had our talk. We, everybody in the congregation was, was really receptive, and we'll talk about now where we ended the year. So overall, and I put the six-month numbers next to the 12-month numbers just to give us a reminder, uh, but we had an increase over the last six months. Our Sunday service giving was 122700 Our online giving was almost 80000 And then we had benevolence giving of 1326 and then other giving of 8553 for a total of $212,000 for the end of the year. And if you look at the average monthly, that was seventeen seven roughly for the monthly, which now, if we look at our end-of-year expenses... We've got 137500 going to operations. And just to explain what that number is, the operations is covered by our rentals for our buildings, our utilities, our pastor staff uh, salary, our other uh, church member salary for children's ministries and things like that. That's all of the operating costs to run a church. And, and overall, that was 137500 for the year. On average, that was 11500 monthly. We still have that 3% that we give to the National Vineyard. Uh, it, it, which totaled out to be sixty three sixty four, and then all of our ministry breakdowns. We spent almost thirty five thousand on children's ministry, a little bit under three thousand for youth ministry. Benevolence was uh, almost twelve thousand dollars, and and where that you noticed on the last slide there was only about fifteen hundred in benevolence giving, 
but we gave almost 11.7 in benevolence. What we're doing is when the online giving and the Sunday giving come in, there's a portion of that that is put into a benevolence account so that we fund that account. And there are three different things that we do for benevolence. I, th I think we've got some gas cards and things like that that our, uh, our benevolence committee has available to them. So when somebody comes in and says they need something and ask for something, then they can give those out. And then this year also, we did form the Benevolence Committee, which is three individuals who actually have a form that they go through. And when you need something, they, you, you fill out the form, it goes to the, the, the group, and then they vote on it. And, and so we now have a Benevolence program in place uh, and, and rules in which govern that. So that helps us make sure that we can provide that service. Um, but that was 11700 in benevolence giving for the year. And then Celebrate Recovery, and this was, I, I mentioned this last service too, they meet every week. And this is a, a pretty big program, yet they don't cost a whole lot. So we need to figure out what they're doing and model that for our other programs. <laughs> so uh, women's ministry, the expense was roughly $2,000. Um, now one thing to note there is the women's ministry brings in and covers all of that themselves um, through, through like when they do their ladies' night out and they go have dinner, there's a $25 cost for the dinner that you pay. That's income, and that covers the expenses that you see here. So that washes over time. And then other expenses, roughly $14,000 and other expenses on top of all that. So our end-of-year breakdown is $209,000 in expenses. And what did we have in income? Two twelve. So next slide. That left us with a positive balance, a surplus of $3,071 at the end of the year. So we're in a much better place at 12 months than we were in six months. And I, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who either gives or increased their giving at six months because we ended the year not being in the hole any longer and having positive cash flow. So now we have $32,900 in our bank account, and we're not going to Vegas with that because that's what we operate on if we have shortfalls. So it... Most families, a good rule of thumb is to have at least three to six months savings in the bank. And right now the church is operating with roughly two months of savings in the bank. So that's not a lot. Um, and so we want to increase that over time. And we will try to continue to do that uh, throughout the course of the next year or so. But we have now $33,000 balance in, in, in the account. And uh, that's where we stand at the end of, of the, the year. So we have two financial church goals other than just continuing to do what we're doing, continuing the outreach and the services that we're, we're currently involved in. Our financial goals will be continued accuracy in church financials. So um, Al LeBlanc, Ed Lee have done a, a, uh, a fantastic job this year of getting together our finances so that we can see where we're spending our money. So now that we know where we're spending it, we can use that to figure out how we can best spend it moving forward. So that would be the first goal is continued accuracy. And then in 2017, we'd like to actually come up with a church budget so that we can try to target more of what we want to spend on and where we want to, you know, use resources instead of just having it occur after the fact. I think Crispin said when he was leading it, as long as there was money in the count, he was happy. Like he didn't, it didn't go too much further than that. But uh, so if we have the budget, we can work towards that budget and make sure that we're, we're using the money to the best of our abilities. So those are our two financial goals for the upcoming year. And Crispin did mention a lot of the things as far as our accomplishments, as far as the things that we've done, um, the, the Sunday service uh, work program, the, all the other things that we've done. Let's just read them off. Texas Hold'em, 
praying the parables. That was the Lecto Divine that the, the women's group did. Socks for seniors, the Christmas sing-along. We went to two services, the Lent home groups, girls' night out. That, that's kind of big right there compared to some of those other ones because they did it twice. Um, Christianity Beyond Belief, Operation Christmas Child, the men's breakfast, ladies' art night, bag hunger, contemplative prayer, tree of life, which we can still see over here. It's gone through its second phase. Uh, shoe time, the relate course, and the diaper drive. So these are all things that we accomplished in 2015. And I know he mentioned some of those programs that we did. Um, and we can move to the next slide, which kind of just gives that same information that he shared on the front end. And so, again, we just wanted to kind of wrap up, not just with where we are financially, but the things that we've accomplished. And I know one of the things that Crispin wants us to focus on in the upcoming year, and we can start this with our fifth Sundays, is making sure that we try to do more work programs like we did this fifth Sunday. Um, And when those aren't available because it's raining or something else, we can also do community gatherings. Um, Everything that was on that list that wasn't an outreach program, I consider in-reach. And I've, I've felt very blessed to be a part of, even when I've had, you know, a night on the back patio with a fire with a group of guys hanging out and talking. Um, the ladies' night out programs, the same thing. If you haven't been to those, plug in and, and try them out because you get to know people in a way that you don't in an hour on a Sunday morning. Um, you really get to know families and friends, and, and I feel very blessed to have been a part of some of those other programs that have been put on. So, again, thank you. That's where we are at the end of the year. Much better end of year than we had at the six-month point. So all great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, and I I really just want to thank Brian and and Al LeBlanc. Uh, Al Al has been on our board since we started, and he's never been able to get off yet. But uh, Brian just came on our board last last summer and and those guys have been doing great because as i said yeah i my i'm not one to worry about money much (laughs) and so i just kind of because i I feel like starting a church you just don't know what the heck you're getting into so if you got any money it's great uh so which that that got us through the first few years but it really has been great to to have some people that that understand it it takes two of them in their linear thinking and and budget mind and business sense to balance out one of me uh (laughs) with my artistic uh, side of finances so you you don't want artists doing the finances so um I'm, i'm i'm very thankful for them so anyway and and now we're gonna i want to invite shane and sarah up here to the front sarah didn't know she was gonna come up here we want to pray for these guys uh Shane and Sarah, if you haven't met them, they've been here for about four years. And Shane, I met Shane when we were moving into this building. We were renovating this place, and Shane was moving into the office next door. And we struck up a conversation one day, and it turns out we had a lot of similar history and a lot of similar baggage. And uh, and just, just hit it off right off the bat, and, and, and Shane kind of... Uh, started sneaking in here occasionally on Sundays and, and, and eventually uh, they, they uh, just jumped on in here. But they're moving up to Colorado next week, so I, I just wonder if you, could, you guys could just join me in praying for them. Just, we just want to bless them uh, as we send them out uh, in, into this uh, future. And um, so why don't you join me in blessing them? Father God, we, we thank you for Shane and Sarah for their two lovely children, God, and um, for your call upon their lives, God. Uh, we thank you for the work that you've done uh, 
in them and their relationship with one another, God, in their own hearts, Lord, in these past few years, God. And, and as this church body, we just proclaim blessings on you. We, just, we bless your marriage. We bless your, your communication with one another. We, we bless you as, as a father and a mother, as a husband and a wife. We bless you in, in, in the, the days ahead with, with wisdom. We pray for favor. And we pray that even in, in, in Colorado, that you would uh, find people of a similar heart and mind, God, you, that you would, you would find community that you can plug in, God, and that, those, uh, that, that, that navigating through that wouldn't be such a tedious thing, but you would find people that you connect with right off the bat, and that you wouldn't be a- alone up there, but you'd immediately be able to be surrounded with people who love and care for you. And we pray uh, that everything that you need in the days ahead would come through. And we just thank God for, for the time that you've been here. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> well, Shane is going to be our special guest today. He, he told me a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, a couple of months ago, that he's leaving, but he had some parting words to say to this church uh, just wanted to share kind of what God's done in his journey a bit. Uh, I already heard it last service, and i got to go play a gig on the South Shore, so um, I'm leaving. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, he said last service, like, I can say anything I want. You can't kick me out of this church. So, yeah. So, Shane. We'll get wrapped up. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, uh, real quick, I'm just going to take uh, five minutes. Uh, because, you know, uh, I think it's important, you know, so when we're when we're in a place and we're we're just there constantly, you know, we can get just used to stuff, and we don't know how special of uh, of something we have or how awful of something we have. Um, and usually, it's a somebody that comes in just passing by sometimes that can get the clearest glance because they're not in it, um, you know, per se every day. And so, uh, I just want to thank this church from from the bottom of my heart and, and for uh, my family because this place has really. Uh, it's taught me a lot about me. It, it's, it, it took a lot of things in me. Uh, I'm a very complicated individual. Uh, I'm a very, uh, uh, I, I, my own brain gets twisted with my own thoughts. You know what I'm saying? I'm just one of those people. If I ask you why and you tell me why, I'm going to ask you why to your answer that you gave me. And I'm just going to keep digging and digging and I drive myself crazy and my poor wife, you know, I, I definitely drive her nuts. Um, but, but Crispin has been really great because he has just gone through this thing with me. Um, and which, which I want to say uh, about this place, you know, family, uh, family is unique. You know, uh, I think about my own family. None of us have the same last name. Uh, you know, we've got a mom that went through three marriages, a stepdad that went through three marriages, you know, and just the chaos of that. Everybody in this place knows life, you know. We come here on Sundays and we... we do our best to smile sometimes, we do our best to listen, we do our best to press into God because we're in such need of something, because the person to your left and your right, you have no idea what's going on up here and in here, and what this place has taught me more than anything is the pursuit of community versus the pursuit of ministry. I was very ministry-driven, meaning I saw an avenue, and whenever it went from, I want to be not just a Christian, but I want to be in the ministry something clicked. I got into a systematic business mindset of order, you know, all those things. I was from a very, uh, very nice-sized church, 
Um, and not that those things are bad, not that those practicalities are wrong, but for me, my, my pursuits left here and went here. And we don't even realize how, how that happens sometimes, just like marriages. At some point, you know, you can move out of that honeymoon feeling and then it becomes a head thing almost, where you're trying to just figure out life instead of just loving life. And that's what can happen sometimes in this journey is that we can fall in love with Jesus then find out enough to where we're so confused or experienced enough to where we get so hurt to where we begin to try to, you know, instead of loving him, we say we love him, but we spend more of our time trying to figure him out. And that is not bad either, but it's the motive of what we do that determines the outcome of where we're going. And, you know, for me, I got lost. I think I'm staticky here. I got lost in, in, the, in the pursuit of knowing the information, and not that, that, that is not wrong, none of that is wrong, but it left my heart and became almost like a systematic approach to where I want to go in my future. It involved this. Um, in coming here, I realized that uh, all those things are good, but more importantly, I realized that uh, the ministry is about people. That's it. It's the most simple concept ever invented love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself in doing this you will fulfill all the words of the prophets and all the law and all the requirements of it and I'll and it's something so simple as that you, you go okay that's you know I've heard that before that's a common thing it is a common thing but that common thing happening causes us to forget our first love and we just start knowing our first love I know a lot of people that have told me about Jesus I know a lot of great services I've been in the most charismatic, big-name people, every different buffet of whatever you want from the Holy Ghost or the kingdom or however you define it. And when I got to this place, I realized one thing uh, over this four-year journey uh, is that uh, people are the reason Jesus came. People are the reason Jesus sent people <laughs> to reach people, not to, not, to, not to write books, not that that's wrong, not to, not to do all these things that we get to do and, and join our uh, free enterprise in our free country that naturally comes along, but to love people and be honest with people and to understand people. You see, family, what makes a church family or any family, the only family you've got are the people that are willing to go through things with you, people that are actively going through, as long as you keep going through. But what happens is sometimes we start going through the through of things, we begin to see who we really are, ourselves and other people. And that's the thing about Jesus. He, he, he knows the through, and he doesn't judge us. John 8, he says, I don't judge according to the flesh like you guys you know. They bring the adulterous woman. She's caught in the act, and they say, here she is. The law says we should do this. And, of course, I love how it says, and Jesus knelt down as though he didn't even hear them. I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't hear the accusations against you. He doesn't hear the murmuring against you. He doesn't hear the, the blaspheming against you. He doesn't hear the false witness against you. He doesn't hear any of it. And what I love about that false witness, it was a, it was a holy false witness. These weren't sinners. These weren't people that you would say are un, unruly or ungodly. These were the most godly people in the land. The most holiest accusations. He don't even hear that. And so I've walked around subconsciously with this weight of, God loves me, and I know he loves me, I know he's great, but that little voice, man, of just, ah, and you're out the family. And coming here, I've realized that family, this is what a family is supposed to be. 
lot of different characters, a lot of different beliefs, political beliefs, theological beliefs. I mean, this is the most eclectic group of people I've ever been around in my life. And I've learned a lot of great things here on Sundays. But like Brian said, going out to a patio or going to a, some book deal and talking with people and hearing their story and not talking about myself for once or not trying to win someone to Jesus so I can say I won them to Jesus, but loving them because Jesus loved me. That simplistic change in mindset will change everything. And so this place for me, I want to thank you because so many people in here, you know, I've had a lot of passing conversations, but so many of you here, God has used you to bless me. God has used you to throw a one-liner that just rings in my head for a week, and I don't even know your name. You just said something, and God said, yep, there you go. So I want to thank this place for uh, going through with me up to this point. Uh, and, uh, and Chris, you know, he, he already rolled out. I got the thumb in the last service, but uh, this place is... This place is special not because it's a cool place in downtown or it's got great musicians or exposed walls. It's a great place because it's an environment where people can go through together with no judgment, with no expectation of them. You just be you and let us go through this together in the pursuit of God. And the truth is we think we're pursuing God, but really he's already pursued us. We just got to uncomplicate ourselves. And the moment we uncomplicate ourselves from all the the things that we think are important, politics, religion, theology, dogma, our own. I mean, I know these are very real things that we have to do, and they're not bad. But the freedom in John 8 that Jesus talks about after that adulterous moment when he says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. That freedom is not to be free to express our opinions or push our religion or advance our cause. It's freedom from those very things that we can just be. Jesus said, just be. We can just be Jesus. We don't, if my candidate doesn't win, it doesn't change my world and my outlook of America. Because it doesn't matter. They're all subject to, the, to one governing thing that is the truth. Him. And so my job isn't to worry about, or I would say worry, be obsessed about these things that are fading and ever-changing. But to be obsessed and, and to chase and to pursue the things that are not changing. And that's human beings. We're all perfectly flawed. Everybody in here has got a story. I can sit up here and say all kind of stuff to you and pull scripture, and that's good. I'm just not that kind of preacher guy. I'm just I'm going to tell you my story. This is how the good, the bad, the ugly, and this is why I know Jesus exists, because he keeps going through with me. Even when I get to the point where I'm like I'm done, or I feel like I'm done, or I feel like I'm not recoverable at that moment, God continues to go through with me, because that is what family is people that will go through it everything recklessly abandoning judgment notions ideas because they see the value of you because we have one thing in common doesn't matter where we're from what we look like what we sound like we're all human beings we're just people that generally want the same thing in life but because of our own ambitions and complications we can create a different world in a different environment if we can create it, we can undo it. How do we undo it? We come back to simplicity, simplicity of our mind and our hearts. And what I'm saying today was not in here or in here four years ago because the wounds, the, 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 the imaginations of fear, the fear of death, the fear of sickness, the fear of financial rule, and the fear of loans. That's my timer. Um, 
can distract us. And we, and we have many voices that we hear throughout the day. We hear many voices. And what I love about Jesus, he said, my sheep will know my voice. And I've, I've questioned that. How do I know it's your voice? Because I hear a lot of, there's a lot of Jesus in America. A lot of different versions with a lot of different voices. And then I would just rack my brain with, what is your voice? And the way I've come to know his voice, that is his voice, is because his voice doesn't speak directly to those things. It speaks directly to you. I used to get a word from God to preach to the people. Now, I thought it was his voice. So everything I talked about was either a social issue or a political issue or a historical issue. But the moment I began to hear God speak to me about me, ministry became something different. It didn't come about issues. It became about people. It became about what God said about them, what, 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 what he believes about us. And that was four years ago. And because of this place, because of not just this place, you people, it's, it, you're, we're the church. Take the stuff away. Take the mics away. It doesn't matter. We can gather in the parking lot. It's the same environment. We're the church. And I want to thank you because uh, I went through a, about, a, about a year of really questioning everything that I ever believed. And when I stumbled into this wall, this door, and my, we left the first service, I, I remember my wife saying that felt like home. And uh, we'd just been straggling and out ever since. And I uh, met a lot of wonderful people. We're not leaving forever. You know, this ain't like a, you know, peace out. We'll be back and forth visiting. But um, I just want to share that because sometimes we don't know what we have until it's not there. And I can tell you what, what is here. It, I don't know how to explain it. It's just honest. It's the best way I can put it. It's just an environment of honesty. And what do we get? And what is all that God asks of us? Just be honest. He knows anyway. If you're hurting, say you're hurt. If you're happy, say you're happy. Let's do more of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, whatever it is, God knows. But what I love about this place is that I've not met one person yet that I've felt that ever tried to project something about themselves that wasn't real. And that is rare, rare, my friends. Very, very rare, even in the church world today. So I just wanted to take a few moments and say thank you um, for me and my wife. Um, it's crazy looking back where we were at four years ago and where we're at now. And everything is different, not on the outside, but in here and in here, and we're still, we're still going, so thank you for going through this with us, and allowing us to be a part of this family, and accepting us, and, uh, and just being honest, I've, I've been inspired by all of you, and quite frankly, some of you have made me feel like I'm not crazy, because you're crazier than me, which is awesome, <laughs> that's wonderful, I appreciate that, so we love you, and uh, we'll see y'all next time we're down here. I think uh, Mitchell. Yeah.